The Holy Gospel according to Mark, the first chapter, verses 9 through 15. Glory to you, O Lord. Our Gospel this morning is indeed from St. Mark, chapter 1, verses 9 through 15, and can be found on page 1552 of your Pew Bible. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open, and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. And at once... The Spirit sent him out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness 40 days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals and the angels. They attended him. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Please pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord our rock, and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Our Old Testament reading and the account of Abraham is remarkable. The most remarkable part of it that I see is God will provide There are other things that are remarkable that you've probably uh, contemplated yourselves, even maybe had it pointed out in a, in a sermon. Isn't it remarkable that a young man would let his aging father put sticks and wood on his back and say, come on, kid, here we go, you know, and he's got, dad's got a, a, a lighter and, and a knife. And his son just says, gee, dad, uh, where's the lamb? And his father says, the Lord will provide. What a beautiful foretaste, a beautiful prophecy of the Lamb that is coming, the Lamb that we know as the Lamb of God that took the sin of the world. In fact, our gospel this morning, uh, according to Mark, takes us into that scene where John the Baptist is baptizing people in the Jordan River. His baptism was one of repentance. We know also that when John did see Jesus coming, he said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Mark's a a man of few words. Do you notice how he explains, and once the Spirit sent him into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness for 40 days being tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild animals, and angels attended to him. Boy, that's a short version of the story that we all know so well, right? How about all that 
misinterpretation of Scripture. How about the wiles of the, of the devil saying, well, you know, hey, if you're hungry, make uh, these, uh, these rocks into bread. You know, and Jesus says that man does not live by bread alone. He says, hey, why don't you jump off of this, uh, the, the temple here? I mean, you're not going to get hurt. The angels will keep you from dashing your, your foot, right? Isn't that how that works? And Jesus rebukes him again. The Lord, the Lord provides. The Lord provides. Abraham, he's an interesting guy too. Here's a man that um, was a pagan, that, that sacrificed to pagan gods, to idols. And yet, Abraham... It says in Genesis, it says in several other places in the Bible, one is James 22, 23, where it says, Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him as righteousness. We see this again as he's heading up to the mountain of God will provide with his only son. Did you catch that part? His only son. Take your only son and sacrifice him. From idol worshiper to one who belief was accounted to him as faith, as righteousness, about to do that. There's hope in that. In this world where things are evil and in and, and the Christian walk, in our faith, people are equating even now to mental illness. Have you heard about that? There's still hope. Abraham did it. Abraham believed God. It was accounted to him as righteousness. He bucked his family and his tribe that he used to be with and embarked on his own with God to the mountain that God will provide. We have so many wonderful promises. One of the promises uh, it, during the introit of, of Lent is from Psalm 91.13. It says, you shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Wow. I don't know about you, but I don't want to step on a lion or a cobra. But God says right there that we will be victorious. He will provide God says right there that that, that, that is a triumph over sin. But here's the thing. The devil, the ancient servant, serpent that tempted Adam and Eve, he's out to get you. And he's out to get me. And he is like a lion. He is out to devour his prey. And he is good at it. He lies, and like venom, he kills the trust that we may have in the Lord and in his word. He's always sniping at us, always picking at us. We might have that hedge of protection, not might, we have a hedge of protection. He still pokes at us through our flesh. His accusations, they roar in our conscience, making us tremble before the Lord. Sometimes he'll attack your salvation and cause you doubt. And he'll say things like, he's the Lord, your righteousness? Causing doubt. Besides that, he'll weasel his way into your life, enticing you to do all sorts of sinful things. Yeah, I just went there. 
Satan weasels his way into our lives, enticing us to do sinful things. And here's the problem. If we're being honest, the problem is that we like to sin. And we also don't like to sin. Does that make sense? We like sin. No, it's just a little more ice cream. All right? Notice I picked a kind of a small sin, but, you know, it's sin. Not ice cream's not sinful. Okay, stop, Ken. Bad theology. But the fact of the matter is, if sin wasn't enjoyable for a moment, we wouldn't want to do it. But then we know, as like our friend Paul, boy, he struggled with that. In my heart, my mind, I serve the Lord. I know what is right, but in my flesh, I serve sin. And we say we're sorry. Sorry. I've had that prayer. Sorry, Dad. Abba, Father, I'll never do that again, and then I do it again. How about you? Has that ever happened? Sometimes we struggle. (laughs) Sometimes we don't. We're a mixed-up bag. Oh, wretched man that I am, Paul said, who shall deliver me from this body of sin? And he points to Jesus on the cross. The Lord will provide. We want to do good, and then we don't. We don't want to do bad, then we do. The devil is good at what he does, and that's why Jesus comes. That's why Jesus had to come, the lamb that took the sin of the world away. Jesus didn't say, hey, is it okay if I come and and take the sin of the world away from you? He didn't ask permission. He did it. He didn't, he didn't ask us to say, are you really sorry? Because this is really dependent on whether I do this or not. If you're really sorry, then yeah, I, I, I will, I'll take the sin of the world. No, he did not do that. He did his saving works. And one of those works is that he took on the devil. Jesus was tempted for you. We have a God that is relatable. Jesus, God, the Word, became incarnate, walked along with us. We could touch him. We could smell him. We could speak to him he was tempted with everything that we ever would be tempted with and he perfectly resisted the devil and his temptations for you and for me Jesus enduring temptation it counts for you and for me his perfect work is accounted to us And by our belief, it's accounted to us as righteousness. Not by what we've done, but by what Jesus did. He is the one that saved you from the devil. He has delivered you. In Christ Jesus, you are righteous. In him, in him, you resist the devil. In him, you do good. In him, you don't do bad. In him, you endure temptation and win. In him, in him alone, you are saved. So Jesus delivers himself to you. 
He unites himself to you. He unites himself to you in baptism. He silences the devil's accusations with his own mightier word. And what is that word? His own mightier word. He silences the devil. What does he say? He says, I forgive you. Your sins are forgiven. And we are of his flesh. We are of his blood in his supper. He dwells within us. Repent. That's the Christian walk daily. Confess, repent, and move on. Repent of trying to work out temptation resistance on your own. What? You can't do it on your own. I've tried. I know you have too. The only way that we can do it is through the power of Jesus. And Jesus does it for us. In Jesus, his word and his promises, in Jesus himself, he delivers us from that temptation. And here's wrapping it up. When you fall into temptation or fall into sin, Jesus delivers more of himself to you. Satan would have us run away from the cross in our sins. Satan would have us say, oh, his forgiveness is for everybody but you. I mean, that was really bad. You shouldn't even just, you know. That's what Satan says. Jesus says, come. Jesus says, come. And when you fail and you fall into temptation, you fall into sin, Jesus delivers more of himself to you. He really is the Lord. He really is your righteousness. In him you are saved and safe. In him you are saved now and forever. In Jesus, his promise is, you shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent. You shall trample underfoot. He has overcome all of those things, those little creepy crawlies, all those beasts in the wilderness. You shall step on those. He has overcome the last enemy that we would ever have, and that's death. Where are my little buddies? There they are. Hey, guys. Okay, so on Sunday... You know this, right? I want you to say it real loud when I tell you to, right? What were the first words of Jesus when he came out of the tomb? Ta-da! Right? Well, no. But he defeated death. He says, ta-da! From this tomb, I have new life for you. On, the, on that mountain where Abraham was going to sacrifice his son. Ta-da! Here's a ram whose horns are caught in the bush. I've provided for you. In temptation, in, in these times when I feel so low and so unlovable. Ta-da! I died for you. My father sees you washed clean through your baptism. Ta-da! I'm here in these simple elements with the Word and the Holy Spirit and your faith. Ta-da! Saving grace. 
matter how hard it gets, no matter how troublesome that mountain or that climb seems to be, my prayer is, is that you would see him and hear him saying, ta-da, and even more than that, as we hear today. When, when it, did you notice the difference here? The heavens were ripped open. That just sort of opened up and the light came down. Ripped open. That same thing that we've had earlier about the veil. The veil was torn off. Ta-da! This is my son whom I love with you or with him. I am well pleased. And he says that to you. He's saying that to you when you come up and join hands in unity in Christ at the table. Ta-da! I love you. You are my child with whom I am well pleased. Come. Be healed. Come. The table is ready. In the name of Jesus. Amen.